Before we go, I'm gonna discuss what you referred to as an elite beginning, an elite beginning for growth and development. We need to define what constitutes poverty and what constitutes an escape from poverty. The economic takeoff that we saw in Asia and that we hope to see across the African continent. So, it's very hard to think of escaping from very high levels of extreme poverty in a country unless we actually get the economy to grow. And so economics growth is a part of it, but that doesn't define the escape of poverty. But then, 15 years ago, the Growth Commission, which was a commission led by Nobel Prize winner Michael Spence, that kind of saying, look, countries that historically have managed to grow for about 30 years at about 7% per capita, they seem to be countries that are taking off. 7% is quite a lot, but actually, that's what says East Asian economies were achieving in that period. That's a minimal amount that you would say, well, that would be a kind of a put towards takeoff. In the poverty side, of course, you know, you don't want this to be just based on natural resources that people just put in their pockets. So you talk about progress in health, progress in education, progress in a number of different indicators. And I would say takeoff means, you know, you get your economy to grow, but you also make sure that what happens to poorest group in your society, their loss is actually improving as well. Okay, now, in your book, you talk about this elite gamble on growth and development. If an elite is doing very well already, let's say there's a lot of, and the elite is happy to share the oil. Why on earth would they, would they take a gamble on development if things aren't going quite well from their own very narrow perspective? What forced an elite to gamble when then what examples for how we sing where that is actually paying out? So let me give you an example of what you just described. I think there is very much a kind of an elite per game, basically a deal between those with power and influence that somehow is stuck. Nigeria earns something like $500 per person on oil revenue each year. $500 is not that much, but in a country of 2 million people, if you don't divide it among 2 million people, but say you divide it among 200 people, these 200 million people have half million, half million. And it's exactly what you described. Why would these 200 million people those people with power and influence in Nigeria bother with actually changing the whole thing. I think that's unfortunately what's happening there. And changing that it's a quite a jump because we may not be able to pocket that anymore. And so this suggests somehow that quite a lot of countries may not do this. And it makes it even more remarkable if at some point elites decide to actually try to do this. So let me give an example where I think this is happening. Historically, and I think China is an example where at some point after a period of turmoil, the Cultural Revolution, Mao's death and the Gang of Out 4, we're talking about 1970s now. In 1979, Deng Xiaoping and other people in the parties basically decided they were going to take a gamble on a different course. They probably did this because they were losing at legitimacy among their population. This was a matter of survival for them, so that's one reason why they would gamble for success 
their growth and development and they did it and at all costs they were grind to get that economy to grow if you go to africa and ghana i would actually say probably in the 1990s after jerry rawlings allowed multi-party democracy to come back i think the political elites kind of gambled on this we will be recognizing that if political instability that but existed in the 1970s and so until jerry rawlings took power in the early 1980s if it had allowed to be continued they probably wouldn't have been able to last very long and they actually got themselves saying well let's get his democracy to work in jana whenever someone was elected from the other party we would allow them to govern and we would take the political transitions as they came and then somehow get the politics to involve as we now get have in Ghana which is increasingly based on outcomes on results and on progress so that's a very different type of country that's actually to avoid instability let's say well let's give the system a chance and let's make the best of it that's an example for me of country it's grown quite growing quite well now poverty has come down quite significantly Yes, there is corruption, this is not a perfect country, but it is really striking progress in that country.